We're good? Okay. And we're live. You're ready, right? I'm very ready. Very ready. Perfect. All right. Welcome to the Meet Your Species podcast. My name is Heath, and today we have Elle. And I'm super excited to have Elle on because she has lime socks. Yes. <laughs> the cousin to chartreuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Elle, we met because what did... I just did knew Raina. Just from Raina? Mm-hmm. Ahmad didn't bring you? No, I was doing Raina's nails that day. Ahmad came over and was talking uh, to her about it. He was like, you look like you could use some yoga. Because <laughs> I was hunched. Like yeah, because I was hunched over doing her nails. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. I would love to come. Oh. I did not like know that. him. Yeah, I didn't know him. That's okay. He doesn't give much... Uh pretext he just throws people into things that seems which to is be what his. happened which but it turned out great so <laughs> i'm thankful well i'm thankful too because it's been great getting to know you and um i'm really excited to like actually get to know you now because <laughs> you only get to know someone so much in a yoga class that's very true because it's very much no talking <laughs> mm-hmm. just bending mm-hmm. <laughs> just me torturing you basically <laughs> That's what was going on. Uh, I did my best. I can touch my toes now. Ooh. I don't know if y'all saw that. Oh. In the photo, the photographic evidence that oh, I had. Oh, that they sent to Shroff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were all touching our toes. Boom. Yes. That's no, it took us a minute to get there. Hey, in your own time. Yeah. We took like 10 different pictures because Raina <laughs> oh, was like, yeah, she was like, I think my knees look bent in that one. <laughs> so we took a lot of pictures, but we got the perfect one. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um. Let's uh, let's get in a little bit. Sure. Right? So tell me, just to start with, where are you from? I've been trying to figure that out myself. Maybe the cosmos, but... Well, I'm sure at some point. <laughs> way, 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 way back. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Ooh. I was only there not even a year. But what I've noticed is people get upset when they find out I was born in Birmingham, like I was keeping it a secret from them. Why? Because I, I tell people I'm from Virginia. It's where oh. I've spent like zero to 14. Gotcha. And then I'm like, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. And then two years later in conversation, I'll be like, well, I was born in Birmingham. And they're like, oh, are you from Alabama? You was trying, like, I'm trying to like hide from <laughs> Alabama. And I'm, like, I'm not. So now I open up with, I was born in Alabama. Are they like the Alabama police? Yeah, I guess they I guess they must be. <laughs> and they are gonna take me in. But I was born that in Birmingham. <laughs> I was there not even a year. Virginia, one to fourteen. I came here in ninety four. Shrav and I were just driving through Virginia. It's a really pretty state. So pretty. More trees than you would think. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I thought about it, because I'd only really seen it driving between Georgia and Ohio. So just like driving through, it was like, okay, there's some mountains I never came that way. I mean, see, there's only two ways to go when you're going from Atlanta to uh, by Cleveland. There's like one way, which goes through all the really cool mountains, mm-hmm. which are scary to my mom because it gets foggy. Also, doesn't it add like a large amount of time onto your drive too once you go through the mountains? No, I mean, both ways are similar-ish. Like, we've taken both ways. Okay. Um, it's just that one of them, because of exactly where we were going, you have to drive through a whole lot of slow-going kind of podunk area in oh, Ohio. I like it. I, I, I choose pass on that, usually. You look like you do. 
Why I don't even the- like to drive through Spaghetti Junction. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that makes my nerves real bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, hopefully the yoga helps. We'll see. Well, <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so Virginia, tell me, like, um, wherever you grew up, like, what was that like? What's that place like? Leesburg. Oh, Leesburg, okay. It's a very small town. But before I left, it was basically like two elementary schools, one middle school, one high school. We had literally just got the Walmart Ooh. right before I left. And to think, I was upset we were moving here to Georgia. I don't know what type of person I would be if I was still living in such a small town. A very small town. Everybody mm. knew everybody. So I'm glad to have had left. But what was that like as a kid in such a tight-knit small group? I think also because I was so young and ignorant, for lack of a better term. I saw things very differently because it's not necessarily the North and it's not necessarily the South. I call it the South of the North or the North of the South. (laughs) But I grew up around a mixed crowd of people. I grew up around all types of music and everything seemed less racist. If that's a a way to, everything just seemed Like it was still racist, but just less? Yeah, less racist. I mean, now that I look back on situations, things did happen, but not like how it was living here at 14. I just, like, my best friend was white. Hmm. Most of my friends were white. And it was just, just weird looking back, thinking, how could that work? How could that have worked here in the South? Like here in Georgia. I feel like it's more difficult here. Yeah. Very much so. Mm. Yeah. Why? Why? Like what was different there? What was different there? I think because the racism was more underneath <laughs> versus <laughs> like, you know, we don't deal with people of color, but you know, whatever. We're not going to say too much. Like, eh, they're not that bad. Mm-hmm, we'll just go. And then down here it's like, Oh, this, that, and I never really had an issue of being called anything different from a black woman until I moved here. Mm. So, so I was like, oh, this is this stuff kind of like exists. It's real versus just seeing it on TV. Like when you're watching some old civil rights stuff. Mm. So I want to get to the Georgia stuff, but still in Virginia, like what... What did you do? Because you said it's a small town, right? Uh, the same, nothing. Nothing? <laughs> no, I didn't, we did nothing. The carnival would come to town. It would be over there in the Kmart parking lot. We'd do that sometimes. Did you play any sports or music no, or anything? I played the saxophone for like one semester because I thought it would be easy. It's the same fingering as a recorder. And they did they make you play that in school? Yeah, I had a little plastic one. Yeah, uh, so fifth grade, I played the recorder. So sixth grade, naturally, I'm going to play the saxophone. I signed myself up, mm-hmm. not knowing that I would need to actually have a saxophone. Oh. So that that kind of just knocked that out. Because <laughs> my mom was like, no, bitch, I'm not, I'm not getting you a saxophone. 
<laughs> that's just not gonna happen. So she rented one for a semester. Oh my gosh, she rented one for a semester. I would never practice it or anything. Oh, I never played. I never played it, and I cried for that saxophone. And then when she said, "I'm not renting the saxophone anymore," I cried again. <laughs> I don't know. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I was upset about that. I was, I was in choir. I was a choir nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Also singing. That's an instrument. Yeah. True that. There it is. You would think I know that since that was my major in college. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I forgot. <laughs> it was my major for like one year. Then I was like, what am I doing? Like, how, what am I going to do with this degree? Like, where? Same? Nah, where? How? They only let you do opera. I mean, that's fun, right? Nah. No? Not really? No, it's not fun. It's beautiful, but it's not. Oh, okay. Fine. No, that just really describes a lot of things in life. But beautiful, but not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's not fun. I always enjoyed the end result of it, but trying to sing in a language where you don't know what they're saying is weird. <laughs> and to always have to sing that powerfully, that takes a lot. Mm. So, what was like uh, the people you grew up with, like like your parents? Do you have siblings? I am the baby. I am the baby of three. Okay. Yes. My parents, they're both Virgos. <laughs> Are you oh, dang, you a Virgo too. <laughs> All right, my bad. Scratch that no, no, on the record. <laughs> my parents, my mom. That woman is a very hardworking woman. She always has worked two jobs, as long as I've known her. She was raised by her dad. She has a twin, and she has two older sisters. And um, she lost her mom when she was 11. Oh, wow. So my grandpa, who was a farmer, they live on a farm. He basically raised three girls, because one of my aunts moved up to St. Louis. He raised three girls, like, farmers he raised them like boys so how'd that go my mom was a tough cookie <laughs> extra tough so she knows a lot she's she's been holding it down for the family for a long time so she just recently retired like three four years ago though oh yeah yeah but even till then she worked two jobs as long as I, as long as i've known her She's always had two jobs. So retirement means one job? She actually left one job. She left Target after being there 15 years. Mm. But that was like six years ago. Uh And (laughs) And then she retired from UPS like three years ago. She was at UPS for like 33 years. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a demanding job. Depending on what you're doing. She, no. she said her job was to entertain the troops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's her actual job description. Entertaining the troops. Mm-hmm. She wasn't doing any work. It was like if a package was ripped or a label was missing, take it to Miss Claudine. <laughs> and she would send it to a place which I call the package graveyard. 
Why? <laughs> Why is that? Because if they can't identify it, there's like literally a place where you send all your packages for UPS. Like one like warehouse. What do they do with it? They die. That's why it's I mean, a okay, package graveyard. Like... <laughs> Nothing. Until somebody comes and looks for it to try and claim it. Nothing. It just sits there. It just sits. Can you just go there and see Probably if your package is there? I don't know. Nah, you got to go through a lot of rigmarole. Oh, but that sounds like fun. Just it's, to see what ended up there. Yeah. You know, could just be a, to be doing something. It could be a boat. It could be a boat. <laughs> Because so many boats get shipped through UPS. <laughs> I'm just saying, it might only be small. <laughs> oh, got you, like a model boat. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos' boat, boat get lost in the mail. Yeah, not because Amazon. Okay, <laughs> not even gonna do that. <laughs> and then my dad, he was a, he was a guy. He was a character. What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> my dad, man, he was, I can't even really, uh, he was definitely a creative thinker, uh, free-spirited man. Mm -hmm. And I feel like watching him go through his journey with trying to struggle with satisfying those social norms because mm. he didn't want to he wanted to be a rebel watching him go through that struggle is really why i'm the person i am today like how so because i'm not doing any of that i'm not doing any of that corporate america i'm not no i'm not gonna do any of those things because they drive me crazy i how old am i 41 the age of, I don't know. I was working this job. I graduated from college. I was working this job at this place. And they tried me, Heath. <laughs> and that was just like my last, that was my last go at it. Because I had invested so much time and energy. I had purchased a home. You know, do it. purchase a home. Go to college. Get you a husband. I never did that part. I ain't never go too far. But, <laughs> but you know, I was going through the motions of doing the things that you're supposed to do. And this is the stuff that I struggled watching my dad do. And he just kept trying to do it. Although it's not where his spirit was. Mm. So I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. I got fired from the job. I shaved my head. I pulled a full-blown Britney Spears. Whoa. Uh-huh. I had a nervous breakdown, and then I was just like, never again. Mm. I worked warehouse until I figured out what I wanted to do. I sold my house. Everybody was like, you're selling your house, and you're quitting your job. I was working at O'Reilly's Auto Parts. <laughs> I can quit this job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go back to school for something. And I ended up going. I didn't go to school to be a nail technician. Mm -hmm. I went to go. I went to school to be a cosmetologist. I wanted to be an esthetician. I wanted to get facials. Two things: I can't shut up long enough to do a facial on anybody, and secondly, the program was really long, and I was living in this house with my parents because I sold my house, and they were getting on my nerve. So I said, "What's the shorter program?" And they were like, "Nail technician." I said, "Sign me up." Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you like it? Oh, I love my job. It's not even a job. I'm self-employed, too. 
I just make my own schedule and I just show up when I show up and I wear what I want to wear. Well, I don't show up when I want to show up, but y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I work my schedule. I do what I do. I'm basically rich now, so. Basically rich. Yeah, I keep manifesting it. <laughs> <laughs> do you hear me, universe? <laughs> Just try to feel the vibe of that. But I do feel very wealthy in the sense of I own all my time. I mean, that's really the whole point of getting rich, right? Yeah, that's it. I feel very wealthy. So to dial it back, that's what I saw my dad struggle with. And I was like, I'm not finna, mm. I'm not going to struggle. So you felt like he was trying to fit into what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, and no, I just can't even. I just can't. I don't even feel like it's natural. I don't even feel like, like we're not supposed to be going to work and working like this and living our lives so stressed. Mm-hmm. And and so many things are just out of order. And I'm just, I can't be a part of that rat race. I'm actually going to retire in four years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that grandpa I told you about that was a farmer, mm-hmm. he left us 150 acres of land in Alabama. <laughs> so what kind of, like if you have to describe your dad, what kind of person, how would you describe him? My dad was um, a hustler. My dad was misunderstood. My dad was... Misunderstood in what way? Misunderstood in a way where he, he couldn't express himself, which makes sense. You're a black man. Growing up in the South, you're just taught to never show emotion. You don't want them to see you weak. If you see, if you show emotion, they'll see you as weak. They'll run over you. Mm. You just have to walk through life just like this. This is how you have to do it. If my, my parents are baby boomers, bless their hearts. I don't know what... <laughs> What's the, what, you know, you know, they need education on these new social things we got going on. What's the generation before baby boomers? And then imagine that as a black man, because his dad, he was like a steel mill worker. His mom died when she, he was young, not that young, but young of like scoderma. What is that? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It's basically where your organs just calcify. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Nah, but but he didn't even know she was sick. Oh. Okay. He just got the call. So how do you work through all of that emotion if you're always taught? Not to express. Not to express. So all of these things happened to him that weren't right and weren't fair. And he was never really able to verbally articulate what mm. he was going through because it was frowned upon. Black men, no, you don't, you don't have time for that. Don't show emotion. Don't let them see you sweat. Mm. Do you and, think, is it still like that? Do you think? Who, my dad? No, 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 that, oh, that social pressure. Say, I hope not because he's dead, but <laughs> <laughs> for sure, even more so, I do. 
More so, you think? I think maybe because just social media makes everything crazy. Just, just a combination of how things can get spread around quicker. So you do want to be a little bit more hush-hush on how you feel. Like you thought you should have shut up before. You better shut up now because everybody's going to know how you feel. Not just the four people you said it in front of. Because somebody's recording it. Somebody's going to put it on Snapchat. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying, though? You yeah. just You just can't. It's just hard. It's just a real rough time out here, especially for black men. Mm. So what about your grandfather? You seem to have a lot of uh, memories of him. I do, which is weird because both of my, I lost my grandpas both around the same time. I was like eight and then nine or like seven and eight. But my dad's dad, I always just thought he was mean. Uh-huh. He would just come up and sit in that chair. <laughs> but my my mom's dad, that was my dude. Yeah. Grandpa Wardell, the farmer, yes. He was just such an amazing guy, and he just knew so many things. And I was just amazed by everything he did, which was literally live off the fat of the land. There was, like, feeding the chickens in the morning. There was, like, a wood-burning stove in the middle of the house. There was pigs. There was just so much going on. I would just follow him all. It's like driving his tractor to people's houses. Like, this is, now you get the vibe of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he was running numbers. So he (laughs) he had to go go get his numbers. He'd take his tractor down. (laughs) Get your numbers for the lottery and then. You know, tractor's the way to go. It was the best way to just hit it up, I guess. On those streets, they were all made of stones. <laughs> the streets just got paved like ten years ago. Really? Maybe I don't even. I might be lying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been like six or seven. Oh, but like recently. Yeah, recent times. What are they gonna get me in Kennedy? <laughs> Kennedy, Alabama. They gonna really tear me up. <laughs> I'm putting them on the map. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe they'll get a stop sign. <laughs> you know, he, the street's named after him. After your grandfather? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But all everybody. So who, whoever was on that street the most, the longest, the street got named after them. But that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of streets. So, <laughs> and then you know if it's your land. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, tell me about that experience. Like, I know at least for me, uh, my grandfather has a, has a cattle ranch in Kansas. So every summer I'd go there and see him, and it was like I learned so much about different things that you just don't learn in the city or in the suburbs. So, what kind of things did you pick up? That chickens are. Atrocious. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, is, that is the number one thing I picked up. That is the most stank animal of all time. You wouldn't think it's that stank because it's so small. But it is horrible. <laughs> Yo, and pigs. Oh, man. It would be like stents where I wouldn't eat meat. 
coming back. Mm-hmm. It was just like real heavy. You see things get in a truck and then they don't come back the same. They come wrapped up in little, little packages. But um, just like, because I was so young, my memories are so like cutesy. Like I remember like learning how to snap peas. It sounds so cliche, but that was what he would teach me how to do. Hmm. Like we're going to snap these peas today. He used to take nuts like you work with like bolts and nuts and you would sand them down and make make rings do you know how long it would yes oh (laughs) that would take forever yes but like that's the type of time he had on his hands oh (laughs) (laughs) and those were the skills i was learning so so you made rings out of them? Yeah. I think my mom actually just found one the other day. You can, They hurt. They hurt to wear. Oh, you had some But he was doing it. He would make them. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had to, like, fetch water. We had a well. There wasn't hot water. We had mm-hmm. to fetch water and boil it and dump it in. Whew. And what's so funny is I do it all over again. I'm trying to get out of here. You want to go back there? Yeah, I'm going back. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm retired. You're going to go be on the farm? The farm is dead because nobody's been out there. Oh, okay. So it's just blank. My mom, she has a house out there, but everything else is just trees. Oh, so what do you want to do with it? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> My ultimate goal. It sounds like I'm going to just start with cult leader and then I'm going to just break it down. (laughs) Okay. Because it's not necessarily a cult leader, cultural leadership specialist. Oh, you're giving it a title. Yeah. I'm going to have a badge. It's going to be nice. You've got to have funny hats, though. Yeah, a lot of Catans. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of light, flowy fabrics. But um, I want to create a, a space where people can come and live. And they don't have to contribute financially. They just need to contribute with their time, their labor, just work. Just work so that we can continue to live without having to work. Mm-hmm. That's it. And just kind of rotate in. I'm not expecting anybody to stay permanent. But, I mean, if they want to, that's fine. It's plenty of space. But I want to have goats. I want to have chickens. I want to have bees. Bees I, are good. Yeah, bees are good. They save the world. And they also make delicious honey. Plus, so. hexagons are the bestagons, and that's what the honeycombs are made of. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, no. There's a guy on YouTube <laughs> named CPG Gray. Mm-hmm. He, he's uh, the biggest nerd, and I love him to death. And he made an entire video about why hexagons are the bestagons. What, and it's amazing. Long story short, what. I Why? don't even know if I can really make it a long story short because all the videos are already short and very condensed with lots of information. But oh he's explaining why the shape, the hexagon, is the best shape. But he, to give you context of why that makes sense for this channel, 
-hmm. He made an entire video on why the, um, like the different methods of boarding and onboarding planes, like what they are and why the best one that makes the most sense will never, ever happen <laughs> because just even into all the reasons. Oh but he, man, he's he a great thinker. He literally uploaded a 30 minute video just watching people unboard and board in the different methods just because as in like an extra video for the original video he made. <laughs> Just for the visual pleasure of it. Okay. All He's right. that kind of guy. Okay. And yeah, he made a whole video about hexagons. So that's where that came from. They're the best of gons. Mm hmm. He's, Unique. He's fantastic. Sounds like it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to bees. <laughs> bees, I want to have honey. And I think the best element of what I want is I want it to be nude. Oh, like a nude colony. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I also want it to be a unique Airbnb experience. So a, a nude farm with bees, mm -hmm. that might be a hard sell. Why? Oh, if you're because you're naked? Well, bees. Yeah, well... Maybe not the bee part. Yeah, I got 150 acres. Can you have like a, like a nude bee suit? Like a see-through, a translucent? Like it's all net. Yeah, ooh, yeah, like the front part. Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll try it there out. <laughs> I have something upstairs that actually looks very similar to what you're describing. I'll try that on. Okay, mm -hmm. see if it's the beans. <laughs> All right. That's the vibe of it. All in all, and I'm an artist, so it's going to be like a lot of art-based stuff. Y'all can come out there. Okay. I mean, y'all can leave y'all's clothes on. Or you can take them off. I mean, as long as there's a bee suit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when in Rome. But um, that's the goal of it. That's okay. the goal. If you guys can hear that, that's her little dog named Ninja. He's amazing. He's, he's not being very ninja like No. No, he's not sneaky. He's not very stealth-like at all. It's all good. He only has one eye. Yeah. I mean, the other eye is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Both his eyes are inside his head. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Um, okay, so at one point you, you said like 14, you moved to Georgia. Yeah, I hated it. Why? I Why couldn't did... understand nothing nobody was saying. Oh, the accent? Mm -hmm. And look at me now. <laughs> I'm country. <laughs> so tell me about the experience though. Like, why'd you guys move? My dad worked for Pan Am. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Delta you, bought out Pan Am. Did you ever get the flights? Yeah. What? I done tore this whole world up at a very young age. I have okay. seen a lot. So you didn't say nothing about that? I'm a well-traveled woman. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't go overseas until like 2009 for the first time, but we did all the islands as a mm -hmm. child. I remember going to Hawaii for my 16th birthday. Oh, that's cool. Right. And everybody was like, oh, what you doing here? It's like, it's my 16th birthday. And they would look like, y'all, you brought her here just for her 16th birthday? My dad would be like, yeah, <laughs> we got here for free. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, a small flex. But yeah. What was the original question? No, yeah, tell me about this traveling. Where'd you go? Oh, Bahamas. We went to Hawaii twice. Because my dad had to make it up for the last time because he had a diabetic attack. Oh. But like his very first. 
I mean, he didn't know then. So he didn't know. And it was just like, great, now I got to go home. I was a spoiled kid now that I'm what, uh, repeating that. So what what does that mean? Like when a diabetic attack happens, what do you... I, don't, I can't even begin to tell you. It was just like his body was very achy and like crampy. And you could like see his body cramping. And he was just like laid out. Oh. I don't know. I've never had diabetes before. I mean, have you? I guess I can forgive you that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, like, they don't have a doctor there? Or he had to go home to go do that? I think he just wanted to go home at that point. Because what it was, was he didn't want nobody else having fun. Oh. You know, just, Why? just men. He would be like, don't nobody leave until I wake up. And then he would get up at like one. <laughs> 1 p.m. He just didn't want nobody having fun without him. So I guess, you know, he was like, we all got to go. Oh. Yeah. If okay. I got to go, we all got to go. Happy 16th. We'll try again next year. I did, <laughs> I did go back. I went, I've been to Hawaii twice. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite travel experience? I would like to Besides say. Besides the diabetic. Yeah. Okay. I would like to say that was Paris. Oh, you went to Paris. Yeah, but getting over there. I mean, it's not that bad. It was horrible because American Airlines tried it. I was supposed to go Atlanta to Chicago, Chicago to Paris. Mm-hmm. We, I'm at Hartsville Jackson. We pull out on the runway and we sit there for 45 minutes. Y'all could have left me off the plane so I could at least walk. I was trapped on the plane for 45 minutes. I said, I'm already... I'm going to be late. I'm going to miss my connecting flight. Miss my connecting flight in Chicago. Then you got to get me to another flight. Okay, we're just going to send you to Frankfurt. So now they're just sending me to Germany. <laughs> they're just doing stuff now. Missed that flight. Well, how'd you miss that flight? Because everything was just missed. Heath, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I thought you already got to... Uh, I missed every, every time I got on the plane, I missed the plane. What? Every time I got on a plane, I missed a plane. I missed, I didn't get to Chicago on time, so I missed that plane. They sent me to Frankfurt. I got to Frankfurt and I missed that plane. That Frankfurt oh, plane was supposed to take me to Paris. I missed that plane, so I had to wait for another plane. So you're stuck in Germany? Yes. Did you do anything? Do you have like a pretzel? No, I was not hungry. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. I was crying. I was walking around the whole airport crying, like snot crying. And everybody was just like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> who is this person? And I got to the hotel. Wait, no one. I finally landed in Paris. My luggage was gone. Oh, you don't need that. Why would I need any type of high fashion in Paris? You'd be fine to be nude in Paris. <laughs> you know, they would have been cool with it now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, see, it wasn't a problem. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was stuck in some busted nikes and some t-shirt for like 48 hours in paris what happened to your pants i mean i had pants they were like <laughs> leggings <laughs> okay so you're just walking around like winnie the pooh <laughs> nah i had all pants they were just some leggings it just didn't feel it didn't feel right didn't being feel in Paris. 
washing my drawers out at the Four Seasons. I mean, you just need a baguette and you're good, right? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> just a baguette. But you said Paris was your favorite, right? Yeah, because so. I did do all of the everything, like everything you see in a rom-com. Except for I did not go up the Eiffel Tower. Oh. I got scared. Why? That's high. There's no walls? No. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> <laughs> it was a scary situation. I was very... I'm afraid of heights. Mm. I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> Why are you afraid of everything? Because everything is scary. <laughs> I'm working on it. I just started sleeping with all my lights off like two years ago. What? Okay. <laughs> Had a nightlight. What kind of nightlight? It just depended. Like I felt Is that like one I was the glowy stars. Yeah. Oh, see now, listen. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really work as a nightlight per se. It's more like you know a backdrop of. I mean, you know the atmosphere. Yeah. You know it's not a monster, right? Because it's stars. That's the thing that um. Why? That, that would be the stuff I would be scared of. Not like a person coming in the house to kill me, but like, you know, like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> or a marionette doll. That Clowns was, aren't people. <laughs> that's, that's some <laughs> accurate stuff. <laughs> like an alien or a zombie. That was always in my mind what was going to. Mm. But why were they, like, you saw Monsters, Inc., right? Yeah, Sully. See? They're lovable. But. They make you laugh. Do they? Laughter's better than fear. That was the whole point of the movie. They didn't discover that until at the very end. But there's like part two and part three. I didn't watch them. There's an those. entire series now. I didn't, I didn't watch them. Mm. But that movie, I, that was my son's favorite movie for a long time. Oh, it, you have a kid? I have a kid. I didn't even know. I can hardly remember myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's 22. Oh, okay. So he's hardly ever around. But he's the greatest thing I've ever created. He's beautiful. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll get to that. But right now, uh, you just came to Georgia. So tell me about this. I just came to Georgia. I met my best friend, Tiffany, because she wanted to fight me. Because, oh. <laughs> because she didn't like my accent. and She didn't like the Leesburg accent? She did not, she did not like my Virginian accent. <laughs> What is a Virginian accent? It's so flat. I don't get what the problem was. But like, how's it sound? Just, it's, it, to me, in my mind, it sounds like nothing. <laughs> like, it sounds like, it's not like a New York, you know, then like a, I don't even know what a West Coast. I just feel like right up through there, like North Carolina, Virginia, there's no, nothing. Just the middle. Just, yeah, just the middle. There was like zero accent. Mm. I, I can't even begin to tell you. So she just didn't like that. Nah, you can't she, be not having an accent. Why? Who she like? Who she thinks she is coming up in here, raising her hand, no one answers. I was <laughs> like, it's not my fault. Y'all like three grades behind, and we in the same grade. I had that Virginian education. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted to fight me on the bus, but then she realized I was too cool, or maybe she also realized that she wouldn't win. Mm. Who knows? You can't beat him, Jonah, right? That's right. And we're still very good friends to this very day. <laughs> all right, all right. Mm -hmm. um, you said that when you came here, you realized uh, the racism, like what you would see in movies previously, was more real. Yeah. So what does that mean for you? 
<sighs> if you don't mind talking about it. I don't mind talking about it. It's such a real topic. Mm-hmm. All the time, but more so, it seems to be a more topic of discussion. Let's People are more willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So... It's so crazy <clears throat> to have to experience something that you've heard about. You know it's real. You know it could happen to you at any moment. Your parents are from the South. You've heard your parents talk about it. My mom was a part of, she she went to a segregated school. Oh, really? Yes. She was so I a guess part- that makes sense. When was desegregation? That was like the Now 60s? listen, didn't I tell you I don't know what this year is? Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> she was in high school. Mm. She was in high school. And they desegregated. And she would tell me stories about how she went to, this, to the white school. Todd. Oh, I'm, put, I'm putting Kennedy on the map. <laughs> Who's Todd? Todd? That was the name of the high school. I remember oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was Todd, like, wait, we're Todd, Todd High School. And she tell me how she... Met another set of twins, Penny and Paul. <laughs> and <What>? they were, <laughs> I'm remembering this stuff. I met them. I've met these people because I go to her high school reunions. Mm. Penny and Paul. And they were, just, they were popular. And they were like, we're twins. You're twins. My mom has a twin. We're twins. You're twins. It's all good. It's cool. So she never really had any heavy, heavy racial experience with desegregation, but she was a part of it. Mm. But just to hear these stories and be like, oh, okay, if it doesn't really affect you, you're not really bothered by it, especially as a teenager. And then moving here and seeing this a little bit closer on its face, I mean, even just being in a space where Oh, and on this corner, this is where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born. And on this corner, this is where they, you know. So to have to be in the throes of that makes you feel things a lot more. Now, just sit down. He was like, I'll sit when I feel like it. I just like the sound when he walks. His tap shoes. Uh-huh. And then to experience it, and there was never really a a word for it when I was growing up, but I think they call it now systemic racism, <laughs> right? So I have been experiencing this stuff. No, I have been experiencing this stuff, but really didn't have a term for it or like really like that felt weird. I felt like I got treated a little bit differently. No. I felt like I got treated a little bit differently in that situation. Like now I'm seeing these things and I'm feeling these things and it had never happened before. But then again, nobody has looked at me directly in my face and said, you know, something derogatory. That that hasn't happened, happened, but you're getting treated differently. You're getting pushed to the side for things. Like this is now the the new experience. You're not being seen. You're not being heard. I'm standing right next to her. Do you see me? Mm. They just would like not really talk to you. Gotcha. And now I'm experiencing these things. And I could say 
it was because I had more of a sense of awareness of it because I was older. But I just, I just can't say growing up in such a small town that I had ever had an issue like that. But then this town, it's like this big. Yeah. And I was a child. So maybe things were just shooting completely over my head. But I never felt any kind of way until I moved here. And just notice people just operate a little bit more loud. Loud. <laughs> yes. They're a little bit more showy in how they feel about you for being black. Mm. Just like you don't drive around Virginia and see people with Confederate flags on their car. Yeah, that happens here. Yes, so much. I feel like there was a legit official tag from the DMV that has a Confederate flag on it. Oh, is there? Now, this could have been something because, you know, people get real passionate about their racism. So (laughs) 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 this could have been something he just made up like it was a different kind of tag. and He just put a sticker on it. But the flag was on one side and then his his license plate numbers were on another side. Mm. It looked like it was made. And then it was like in his truck (laughs) with the jacked up wheels. So, (laughs) yeah. You know, for me, the thing that I moved here when I was 16-ish. Where are you from? Uh, Well, I lived in Ohio, but I've lived in Georgia and Texas and all. And yeah, Kansas, Ohio, Texas, Texas, baby. Mm. Yeah. Only one year, but it was a good year. Okay. I had a good time. All right. I was fourth grade. I mean, it's hard to have have a bad time. Everything was going over your head, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when I came here, um, one of my sisters came down, and we were showing them around, and there's, you know, stone mountains there. And (laughs) I was a little, I think we were both just a little confused why. The KKK were there? I didn't see the KKK, but it's just kind of a monument to the team that lost, and I didn't understand because they had like five or so of the different flags that they had just there Listen, and i was like but why and then the laser the show South, they are still bitter about that loss i mean i get it but i was just, i was just confused it's it we're all confused i'm glad you as a white man i'm glad you're confused about that we need I mean, more white people <laughs> confused about that because it's confusing you don't go to germany and they have (laughs) their swastika flags flying like yeah like nobody's yeah not on the mountain like they they carved the mountain and that was like the 60s now they're talking about removing it but who knows what would they put there like i wonder what would be better some native americans could be that'd be cool yeah, something, some but trees, like just the horses. Can we just make it a rock again? Yeah, or just a rock. Like, you know what would be really cool is if they just made it flat and then that was where they projected movies and we had like a big movie night. Wow. That, that would actually to bring be people really together. cool. That's not going to happen. It sounds too cool. I don't know. I think if we all fight for it. <laughs> you gonna have to get your friends. You gonna have to get your cousins and your brothers <laughs> to do it. Cause 
They're not going to listen to us. Uh, well, let's see. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, were there any people growing up that were, like, uh, really, mm, really impactful in some way? Could be a stranger, a mentor, a teacher, and member. Like, who really helped shape the way you look at the world? That's a good question. First, I'm going to say my Aunt Lola. This would be my mom's eldest sister. She, she transitioned from colon cancer a long time ago. I don't even remember when it was. I don't even know what this year is. So the thing about her was she did what she wanted to do. She lived her life out loud. She was glamorous, but she was just this normal woman. Normal woman. So for her to just be so glamorous, just like a lot of glitter, a lot of sequins, but going nowhere. Oh, just because? Yeah, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm wearing my sequin beret. Just, she was very comfortable being herself. And that is so hard to do. Mm. A lot of people can't handle it. But she was just legit going to be herself. I remember when she was in the hospital, her main concern was her lipstick. She was like, and she had to have been like 90 pounds. We came in, she was like, oh, mm, I got to put my lips on. <laughs> she had her, her turban on. She had her little hair and she had her lipstick on. That was, uh, she was just a glamorous woman who was just, I'm going to do me. I'm going to be me. I'm going to live my life on my own terms. And she was the first person that I knew in person mm. who was like that. I mean, Lola, the, the name alone was awesome size. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, she just like lived up to her name. Hmm. This reminds me, um, my mom went back to school at one point and there was someone else in one of her classes who was always dressing really nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow the topic came up and the lady said, yeah, life's too short to wear ugly clothes. And that was just like, oh, that's amazing. And like, that's just her motivation every that's, day. And I'm with her on that. And that's why I have on this dress. Because <laughs> it's a pandemic. I'm not going nowhere else. <laughs> Y'all lucky that this was the only thing. There was some gloves. Oh. <laughs> I could have thrown on a hat. I could have done like a boa. It could have gotten what? Yeah. Where else are we going? As long as it's real. Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> like a snake? <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> I had to get my mom to come in here and kill a spider before y'all got here. Really? Yes. Because it's trying to kill me. That's what I yell every time I see something. What are you going to do when you're naked on the farm? <laughs> There's going to be spiders. I'm working on it. What? I really am working on it. When I go on my jogs and I see earthworms crawling on the ground, I picked them up and put them in the grass. Oh, you saved them too? Yes. Oh, that's nice. But you don't see me doing it though. Like I'll walk past it and I'll be like, 
Then I walked back and then I was like, ugh. <laughs> but I'm like, you have to do this. You have to. It's an earthworm. It's an earthworm. There was one day, Shrav and I were going around. She already, already knew down. that you were going to tell the story. <laughs> we were walking and there's a big earthworm, probably this big. Ugh. And we, you know, want to save it because you get tired of seeing them all dehydrated on the ground, on the ground. It's like that's sad i don't want to die like that right you shouldn't either so <laughs> we go to save it and chop's like okay let's each get a stick and carry like we'll each carry one end and lift it wait y'all couldn't just grab it with your hand no but like sometimes when you do that they think they're being eaten and what and do so they, they do they like flip out oh because they're, cause they're that... trying to avoid being like picked up they can't see so uh, we had tried to get like a little stick and kind of get under it and lift it but the minute we lifted it, it moved and she went, eek, <laughs> like dropped it. And then I was like, why? The, the, it just was just doing one little move. <laughs> uh, uh, let me just get comfortable. Uh, why'd you drop me? That's how it was. So I made fun of her the whole rest of the walk. Of course you did. And tell the Did story. y'all ever get it to safety? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. After I'm how many tries? <laughs> I just wanted to tease her more than Oh, okay. <laughs> she knew you were going to tell that story. She did. I love you. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I was like, I'm not going to put their business out there like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I call her Goob, and she calls me Ladu Head. A Ladu is like a small ball-shaped sweet in India. and Well, well that's nice. Well, Ladu Head, because I was eating them like incessantly at the ashram, we met like all the time for the six months. I just got the sweets all the time, and so she called me a Ladu Head. It's better than a Lemon Head. I mean, I'm not Hey Arnold. Like, exactly. What is the shape like? Perfectly round? A ladu? Yeah. yeah, it's just a little ball. Oh, yeah. You're good to go. <laughs> um, where were we? I don't know. I felt like we were talking about racism and then Stone Mountain and then fruit. I mean, it's a natural <laughs> progression. <laughs> okay. Um, so... So you're here. Oh, you were talking about your aunt and oh. she was dressing glamorous. Just to go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was like, I, I want, I want this for myself for no reason. I want to just be, I just want to just dance to the beat of my own drum. Just cause it just seemed so much more freeing. She seemed happy all the time doing mm -hmm. her own thing so i was like i want that for myself when i grow up i want to be i want to be cool i want to wear a sequin beret <laughs> i still i i do wear her sequin beret i do have it it's gold my other power color <laughs> mm -hmm. gold chartreuse and lime green yeah <laughs> it's kind of like leprechaun but i can I pull them off together very well. It's all good. Um, so anybody else that had a big impact? You said I don't have to know them, right? Because I don't want to get super weird. Like, personally? No, it doesn't matter who it is. Just someone who had an impact on you. Because, like, I've met people just on the train in new york like just like you're on there for what a few stops and then you go but they had a huge impact in my life okay good i'm glad that you said it like that so it could be anybody 
It could be. I would have to say Eartha Kitt. Who's that? So sorry. I don't mean to offend. Okay, everybody knows this. Santa baby. Oh, that song. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of almost like a standard. I don't know how many versions of it it is, but I feel like hers is the most popular. Fair enough. But she's from that era. Where Christmas wasn't overdone. Is All the best Christmas movies come from that era. No, I just mean like... Oh, nowadays, when it wasn't so commercialized? When it wasn't starting in October, is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Once the Halloween candy is off the shelves. Yeah, forget the- <laughs> Thanksgiving. We're not even going to pretend. Because there's nothing Christmas. to sell. There's nothing to sell for Thanksgiving. How many cornucopias <laughs> do, <we need? laughs> do you need? <laughs> Buy these turkeys. Buy this Velveeta. Let's go. But I'm just saying that's a business opportunity. Someone should figure out a way to make turkey... Or not turkey, but Thanksgiving cool. How would you make Thanksgiving cool? That's what I'm saying. It's an opportunity. Someone can be clever. They're just not. Is it like fall festival? Because I, mean, I also want to have that I'm just on saying. my nudist farm. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. going to be way more witchy. But if we, if we made Thanksgiving way more witchy, it would be hella cooler. Or if we made it less about trying to make it seem like it was when Native Americans and pilgrims were vibing out. Yeah, like before if, we killed them. <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we addressed it for what it was, then it would make it, I don't know, not necessarily cooler, because it would be way more sad, but it would be more truth. But we could, like... More honor them. Yeah, we just changed the holiday. Yeah. Kind of like Columbus Day. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. The guy... He got lost, okay? Well, also, he, like, <laughs> killed a lot of people. Yeah, in the he middle of him getting lost. and like, He didn't even find it. Didn't he bring a bunch of disease back? Yeah. And someone, I forget who it was, I was listening to a podcast, and this guy was talking about how um, before any of that happened, before they found the uh, North America and South America... Apparently, there were already black people here that had figured out how to cross the ocean. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. So, I mean, what did you find? Those black people and then the Native American people and their corn. The other people that were already here. Yeah, chilling. So Minding their business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's some other type of privilege that I can't really understand. I mean, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah. So we conclude there's no real way to make Thanksgiving cool. No, I don't agree with that. I think there's a way. We just have to change it. Completely. Like, maybe not go into a food coma would be a start. Honestly, I don't enjoy eating Thanksgiving food and then again, more Thanksgiving food on Christmas. Fair we enough. didn't call it Christmas food. Oh, you just do Christmas food? Yeah, it's the same food. It's the same turkey, dressing, ham, mac and cheese, yams, potato salad. But if you go by the traditional lore of a Christmas story, it's actually just Chinese. Chinese food? Because you burn the turkey, so you go for Chinese. That's what happened in the movie. Like, which movie? A Christmas Carol. Or Christmas Story, whatever it is. Is that, yo, put your eye out. Yeah, that one. <laughs> the pink bunny suit and, yeah. The lamp. 
The leg lamp. The leg lamp. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that movie. It's not a movie that I've watched from beginning to end as an adult. But I thought that's from the era that you beloved. No, no, no. No, no. We, Earth is further back. Okay, this is yes. too, too, too modern. Yeah, it was way too modern. Earth is more like, um, it's a wonderful life. Oh, like, like the 20s or 30s? Yeah. Am I making her that old? Oh, she gonna get me, her spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not aging her too, too much. I mean, she's, she was an old lady in Boomerang. You watch Boomerang? I don't know what Boomerang is. Oh, man. Dang, Heath. Come on now. I, I gotta be honest. Like When I was little, I stayed up really late just to watch the Discovery Channel, History Channel. So I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't do cartoons. I was, I was a nerd. My goodness. But I wish I had the internet back then. I really do. No, you'd know too much. You can't know okay too much before that. everybody else. That'll make you crazy. But that's happening anyways. <laughs> the part you going crazy no, or, like every, oh. <laughs> think about every kid now they all have the internet yeah and they're all crazy no. but they're all crazy at the no, same no, no. time see like i was just talking to the 16 year old in uh, dc when i was staying at someone's house she's brilliant they're a lot of them are super aware of what's going on in the world and they're ready to like step up at 16 whereas i didn't even know what a republican or democrat was when i was 16 they say that this next generation is going to be the generation to get it right. My generation, we tired. We gave up already. <laughs> well, I don't know. But yes, Eartha Kitt. Cause she, so why her? Because she was everything. She was a pure entertainer. And she was brown, which was like, uh, you know, back then. <laughs> she was brown. Not light skin, a brown skinned woman. She could sing, she could act, she could dance. I'm gonna send you some footage, don't you worry. Okay. Now, Grace Jones, you know Grace Jones. That's fine. I'm gonna just send you a lot of information. Okay. You get me caught up. <laughs> Grace Jones, she's Jamaican. She's a. She's a, a music artist, but she's been on. She acts as well. If you've watched, she was in a freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Whatever. I might not be quoting that exactly, but I think I am. Anyway, I vibe with her because she was very sexy. She was very androgynous. Mm. So also Annie Lennox. Because she was very sexy, but also a very androgynous woman. So what is it about that that uh, resonated with you so much? I really didn't really understand it until lately that I think I just have a really good, comfortable place with my balance, with my masculine and feminine energy. I could dress more tomboyish and still feel completely sexy. I could wear a dress. I, I feel the exact same. Hmm. I'm super comfortable in every version of myself. Okay. Which was the work that took a long time. So it didn't happen easy, but it happened. Uh, do you mind sharing? Like, what was that journey like? 
<laughs> growing up, <laughs> dressing like a boy, everybody always teasing me, calling me a lesbian, and I would just be like, <laughs> I was like shaving my head in like the ninth grade. I just wanted a haircut like a boy, mainly because it seemed easy. I didn't think anything else into it. I have shaved my head a lot of times in my lifetime. And it's nothing to me because it's hair. It'll grow back. Yeah. But just like the freedom of just like wearing super baggy clothes, just feeling that comfort. And somehow when, when you, it's like uniforms. So depending on what mindset I need for the day, what am I going to be doing? What am I going to get through? All right. Where am I going to channel my energy? Am I putting on a power skirt? Right? With some mm -hmm. shoulder pads? Giving you dynasty realness? Or am I going to wear some baggy jeans and a Star Wars t-shirt in my Vans? Like, how do I need to get dressed to get through this day? And that's just what seems easier for me because feeling like you need to be the same kind of way every day sucks hmm. <laughs> as levels there's levels to everyone and I want to be comfortable at every point there's a lot of women I know that get dressed up all the time they feet hurt I mean heels don't look comfortable they're not they look terrible they're, yeah and the old like my knees baby Hand me my Oxfords. Give me my loafers. <laughs> my knees can't handle the pressure. Now I'm comfortable, so I just do whatever I feel like doing at that particular time. I don't feel pressure. When I worked at the hotel, I was wearing pantsuits. They'd be like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Here she comes with her pantsuit and her saddle shoes. What's up? It's professional. Tommy has on the same outfit, mm. right? And I think also it was blowing a lot of people's mind to see me. I think for the most part, I identified at that time as a heterosexual woman to be dressed that way. Then I'd be like, my boyfriend. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, you date men? I'm like, why would I not? The way you dress, that has nothing to do with anything over here. Mm. It's just, I'm a lot of things, and I'm comfortable in all of them. I can dig that. Good. <laughs> um, when did you work in a hotel? Oh, I'm traumatized by that. Why? <laughs> what happened? That was the job. That was the job. Oh, the last one? Yeah. Phew. My last corporate job. Technically, it was my first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It really was. <laughs> I couldn't make the cut. <laughs> when was that? 2007 to 2009. Something like that. 2006 to 2009. Something in there. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, so I, I hear a story. I mean, I have my best story. 
is when I had a phone conversation with Denzel Washington. It is my best story for this particular hotel that will just remain unmentioned. I was operating the phone lines Mm -hmm. and it was midnight. It was super late. And Denzel had this routine where his wife would show up first and she would check in. So the room was always under her name. Mm. Oh, so it doesn't, like, get unnecessary attention. Correct. And so she would already be checked in. He would come in a day later. And this is, like, because his son was going to Morehouse. So he was always here. Mm. And then he would just be able to just walk in and walk up. So the phone rang. And I'm the operator. And I'm going to answer it. And I see who it is. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like color ID? Yeah, of okay. course. We had to meet our standards. I mean, this is 2007 you're talking, right? That's true, but color ID existed. (laughs) I mean, I don't remember. This was like pre-iPhone. That's true. There was color ID, and I saw the name. Oh, God. Her name started with a P. P. Washington. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Is it Penelope? I don't know. I don't know either. Shoot. It was a rough year last year. I only know about Denzel. Okay. His son's pretty dope. Um... So I answered the phone and I'm anticipating her and I just said my little spiel and I was like, communications department, this is Cardell, how may I help you? And he was like, yes, Cardell. And I think when I woke up, because I blacked out. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? He said my name. If he would have just been like, hey, can I get a wake up call? And I would have been like, of course, Mr. Washington. You have to say their name twice. Mm. But since when he said my name, like he knew me. Maybe he had color ID too. I mean, <laughs> or he's just like really like paying attention because I have to say my name. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. And he was just like, yes, Cardell. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, he didn't say, can I get a wake-up call? He's like, can you ring my room? <laughs> I don't even remember what time it was. I was supposed to ask him if he wanted a follow-up call 15 minutes later. Whoops. Didn't do that. I was I could have lost my job if they were recording that phone call because nothing happened. Mm. He was like, you got it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. And then I called my mom and woke my mom up. She thought something was wrong because I was screaming on the phone that Denzel Washington wants me to come up to his room, <laughs> which was not what he wanted. Oh, what did he want? A wake-up call. <laughs> you thought he wanted to ring the doorbell? I was going to personally deliver it, whatever he needed. The wake-up? Yeah. The wake-up. Yeah, the way I was going to. Hello, Mr. Washington. That's my best story I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't like it there. It was just too much. I, it was like I was turning into a corporate robot. Mm. And it was probably just like real normal for everybody else. It was just something that I couldn't handle. Like, you got to pretend like you like these people. Oh, man. I got to talk to you every time I walk past you. Oh, man. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, can I just get to the water cooler and like, can do you see me? Like, 
it was. <laughs> I see why you called your dog Ninja. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> he learns from the best, but um, it just wasn't. A, it wasn't. It wasn't for me, and it never was. I was just trying to figure out a path. Then the path you go on is the path you're taught to go on. Go to work. Worked the same job for 35 years. Retire. If you can. If you can. There's there's people 75, 76 years old, still trying to work as a Walmart greeter. Yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, when you're a kid and you, they tell you about this concept, like, you know, you work your whole life and then you retire and fish or whatever people do. Yeah. And then fish. Yeah. I remember, and I remember going to Disney as a kid. My dad took me once and there's like a little canal that they built that you can get on. And then there's like a little ferry that'll take you to some of the hotels along the river. Mm-hmm. And the guy running the boat, not running the boat, but like interacting with people was a retiree. <sighs> it was like something he just did. I thought it was like, oh, you just do things like that for fun. So you don't get bored. And then you realize as you get older, you're like, oh, no. Oh, so Medicaid Part B and Medicare A Part 1 and then my Social Security check, uh-huh, and then calculate that. Wait a minute. I'm still $400 short mm-hmm. a month for my bills. That's really what that is. Retirement. Yeah, that's in America. Yes, in a nutshell. <laughs> what to do? Get the hell out before it gets crazy. Oh, where do you want to go? I'm going to I mean, you're going Alabama. To the farm. Yeah, I'm going to the farm, baby. But that's not getting out. That's just going somewhere else. I mean, they won't know where I'm at. So it's, <laughs> 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 so it's going to feel like I got out. I'm okay. going full off the grid. No one's going to look for you in Alabama. Nope. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> Who's going to do that? Who's coming to, like the deepest ends like the butthole of Alabama (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) no nobody knows where the city is you cannot find it it will not be found okay (laughs) it's like population 200 you know when I was driving through Nebraska um there was a town well like a sign for a town that said population three touch your fuss no, I'm serious. And I was like, that's a family. What do you mean? Why do you have a sign? I was so confused. It was very confusing. Are you serious? It was no more than five. It was like three or five, something like that. But how does that even work? Someone decided they want to be the mayor, I guess. I don't know. And but imagine you're in Nebraska. They, say they sectioned their 30 acres off. <laughs> and they're like, we are our own city now. I mean, I think there was like a house and... A shed called the post office, and that was about it. Mm, that town. sounds like what Johns Creek did. <laughs> what, what they do? The same thing. Alpharetta, isn't it just like crumb of Alpharetta? And they were like, we want to be our own city now. Goodbye. Oh, where where my mom's living, Peachtree Corners. They did the same thing. They did. But have... that's actually a, a project that was in the works for a long time, and it's actually one of the bigger cities now in North Atlanta. North Atlanta, but that's not Johns Creek. I don't know where any of these places are. It's just the Northish. Yeah, that's not my side of town. I can't go over there. Why? 
I think because I've never been. <laughs> What's that logic? <laughs> I've just never been over there, so it's no point. I, they got a bridge. So I know I don't want to go. What's wrong with the bridge? How tall is it? No, no, no. Like, it's a walking bridge to cross over so you don't have to cross the street. Wait a minute. It just got even scarier. So, wait, what? <laughs> no, I mean, you can cross the street if you want. You don't. It's not forced to go on a bridge. I'm not, like, shoving you up there. Okay. I'm just saying there's a bridge with walls and fence, and you can just cross the street on it. Like, over the street? Yeah, yeah. Got you. Okay. Wait a minute. Is this a golf cart town? Uh, I mean... I don't know. I don't golf. There's probably a golf course somewhere. Yeah. Is there okay. a golf you, you would Yeah, know there is. You know what? They they hosted the one of the women's PGA events up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. When I say golf cart town, though, like there's a Peachtree City. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. You know, they're a golf cart town. So people have to respect their golf carts, like cars. Know. Like they pull up to the marshals. I don't. Yeah, they just, it's a, yeah, they own, the sh they got their own little pathway. You have to own a golf cart because you're just not cool. What? It's further do, south. Do, do people get pulled over in their golf carts? I would imagine you can't really. I mean, you might not be able to speed. Right. Or shake the police either. So well, you, you might as well. You could probably drunk drive though. Oh, you know what? I'm pretty sure that happens a lot. Yeah. I would drink and then drive my golf cart. <laughs> So I, I could imagine that somebody else would. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my grandfather has that ranch in Kansas. Mm -hmm. And he got to a point where he's getting like a hip spur or something. So instead of riding horses, he got a Amish horse and buggy. Because why not? So, so he hitches the horse to a buggy? Yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. Like it's from 1910. It's like oh, it's literally vintage. an Amish horse and buggy. They okay. literally went to the Amish and bought it. And uh, the little, there's like a little girl who was like 13 or so. And the guy who was selling it was like, hey, take him out and let him ride it around. And she's like, okay. And he knew what to do. And she's like, oh, he's not a greenhorn. Like she was trying to tell my grandfather. How to do it. And he yeah. was like, no, he's child, like, I, I can do this. This is no, what no, I no. do. Like she was respecting that oh. he actually knew what he was doing. Because gotcha. it's not easy, apparently. It's rickety. It's from 1910. What do you want? That's anyway. He takes it, and he takes me on this ride, and uh, he decides to take us all the way to the next little town area to buy a case of beer and drink it on the way back. <laughs> so that was an experience I had. Y'all took a horse and buggy. Into town. To the store. Yeah, like a 20-minute drive. Okay. And bought a case of beer. And bought a case of beer. And just drank it all the way home. That sounds modern. I mean. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, we're we're yeah, but we're gonna go get some beer though. Yeah. It was fun. It sounds fun. I mean for Kansas. Does the horse wear a bag on its butt? No no no. This isn't like a city so, horse ride where they like have a poop shoot and a food shoot. <laughs> so have just, you seen this? I've seen the poop shoot. Well, I have like a sack for the poop, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to be polluting the street. But then they also have like a feed sack they just attach to their face. And they just keep it there all day? So it's just like a closed loop. Oh, that's 
sounds horrible. I mean, I, the crazy thing though, did you know, there was a prediction way back before Cars that New York City wasn't going to last. It was going to like fade out of existence because there were going to be too many horses based on the population increase. And they're just they're, the amount of horse poop that would be in the streets would be insurmountable. And so it just couldn't work. So the city would just break off. It just wasn't going to work. <laughs> and then cars came and they're like, oh. Never mind. <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> it's less poop than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I had a client once tell me, I don't know if this is true, that the infrastructure of downtown Atlanta is so wonky do. Because when the people would come into town, they would be drinking and they would let the horse do a thug thizzle and just, we're going to get there, however the horse is going to get us there. But oh, they were just, yeah, you and mean that's, like that's how the roads were made? Yeah, that's how the roads were made. And so since a man was in charge of paving, the they just paved them the way they were already there. I mean, I always assumed they must have just thrown darts at a board and said, here's yeah. a good place. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so crazy because horses made made the streets. I mean, I don't know if that's a true story, but it makes the sense. It's it's believable. Yeah, that's true. What I would say. I think we just want want it to make sense. Why does the Grady Curve even exist? Well, I mean, but you know, like why they built the highways right through the middle, right? Nah, I'm sure you're going to tell me. They just wanted to cut the Martin Luther King district in half. Well, don't that make some sense? See, there's logic. It's just shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's super and the same shitty. Reason, you know why the streets going, uh, crossing around something like Ponce, they change names for no reason? Because like it's not Ponce. At first, it's, it goes Boulevard to... No, I just mean like a, there's a whole bunch of streets that just start changing names yeah. around that area, mm -hmm. right? You know why? Why? Because the people in the nicer areas didn't want to be on the same street as the people in the poor areas. So okay, right that's now. what I figured it was. Because Boulevard, real shaky. And then you cross over the light and then it's Ponce. And then, you know, you got a Trader Joe's there. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly will not <laughs> be affiliated with Boulevard. <laughs> With this Trader Joe's right here. Right. It makes sense. No Martin Luther King Drive. Mm. But now it's fancy. Like, they, I, I was doing a video in Martin Luther King area when they were um, starting to build that little trolley and stuff like that. And I talked to one of the cops on the street, and he said that uh, they were getting ready to, all this was coming, because mm -hmm. there was you know, more tourism and stuff. And apparently a bunch of Chinese investors bought up a lot of the buildings along the main streets. Really? Yeah. Like Edgewood and whatnot? I don't know exactly which areas. I've, I haven't been here in so long. I'm forgetting all the names. But um, right along where there's like there's like that big kind of sculpture on a corner near a bridge where it's it's like someone's face and you can go on the other side and look through his eyes. Oh, you're doing a lot in the city that I don't know about. Ninja, you're not okay. getting up here. You're fat. Stop. He just, he just wants some love. He really does. Lay down. But that's not love. No, it's not. <laughs> he he not gonna be up here stealing my shine. <laughs> Get down, ninja. <laughs> Go ahead now. He's like, I will fight you. Yeah, he wants to. Um, <laughs> where were we? Okay, so uh, when you got into 
A nail technician. Yes. I like how you looked at your nails when you said that. I mean, I'm a very visual person. Okay, <laughs> go Te- ahead. Tactile. <laughs> um, what, uh, but I, you said that that was the, the shorter term thing at that time, right? Uh, in terms of the programs? Yep. So how long have you been in the nail tech industry? Uh, been a nail tech for seven years. Seven's a good number. Yeah, really, it's the number of like you know divine creation or something, something. Seven days. Seven notes in a. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. music. Seven days a week. <laughs> but um. <clears throat> I mean that's pretty much just arbitrary. Yeah, I just. It was kismet. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. What's your? I I always imagine when you you know when you see the like um, the nail salons and there's just like nothing but. Uh, it's usually like a Vietnamese or something like that shop. Yeah. And I, I feel like <laughs> I'm they so have thankful so many... that you know it's Vietnamese. Because <sighs> I feel like I, I go on, I defend, I defend, I defend my Asian people on that to the fullest. Because people say wild stuff, and I, I don't, I don't let it slide. So I'm glad that mm. you know they are Vietnamese. Go ahead. I'm just guessing. But... <laughs> no, you're correct. Uh, I feel like they always probably have really good stories, just things they observe. Yeah. Do you have any great stories? Just like random people that came in? Yeah. <laughs> I do have a lot of great stories. I don't know. This is my most entertaining story, <laughs> but I don't think it's entertaining because of it was like a joyous moment. It was more so entertaining because I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> and I was still trying to be helpful. Let me just tell this story. Okay. This I was working in a Vietnamese salon in the clientele. In those type of salons, it was like in a public shopping plaza. Mm-hmm. That type of clientele is, um, it's a different type of clientele. People that usually go to those salons are just like people are in a rush, trying to get in, get out, get the service. Maybe it's not a regular thing that they do all the time. Maybe it is. But they're, they're moving a little bit more faster than the service that I am now accustomed to providing. Mm-hmm. So this elderly man comes in and he has a caregiver and he had on like his Vietnam War veteran hat and he had a walker and I was with a client and it was so many other people that worked there that were with clients. So I, I felt like they were kind of setting me up, like just give oh. it, right. Just give her to the American girl. <laughs> so they were like, we're just going to put him in the water for you. And I was like, oh, OK, I'll be over there shortly. I get over there and this man smells like urine and beer. Oh, that's a good combo. Like equal levels. <laughs> equal levels. Like equal parts. 50-50, one to one. Urine and beer. Hmm. I was like, no worries. He's an elder. I'm going to just put my mask on. Which is not uncommon. Everybody had on a mask. at the, We were rocking the masks in the nail salons anyway cool. yeah before covid put on my mask i'm gonna just try and get back to it so i asked that man to put his foot up 
you know, take it out the water. His toenails. Before he even took his foot out, it was like springtime. He said to me, my kids came over for Christmas and told me I needed a pedicure. I was like, December, January, February, March. Your kids came over four months ago and told you you needed a pedicure. Okay. okay. Let's see what you got there, Paul. Sure. Paul, Put them on up there. That man, the toenails were at least, at least one inch off. Like past the dough? Yes. Oh. All of them filled with goo. Mm. A goo. <laughs> like like tochis? Yes. That is like exactly what it looked like. It was like maybe like feta cheese. <laughs> so <laughs> now I feel bad. He's an elderly man. He's got a caregiver. Is she taking care of him? Because Questionable. Yeah. He smells like urine and beer. I'm like, I'm going to just do this pedicure, knock it out, just get it over with, just go, go, go. I got to the third toenail, and then I started to dry heave. (laughs) 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 Something came out of it. I cut it. What do you mean something came out? Dog, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was a ooze. Something oozed. And then I dry heat. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not going to make it any further. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. And I felt so bad. So I called the lady over. I was new. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I guess I just needed her to confirm that it was something that wasn't natural and something that shouldn't be there. The ooze? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have that? They didn't teach us about this ooze in nail school. (laughs) It was just like obviously crazy. It was like green and like yellow. I called her over and she looked at the man's feet and I'm trying to be discreet. And I'm like, you know, I just want you to just take a small look at his foot. A small look? Yeah, like a gander. And she was like, (laughs) oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to go to a specialist i was like oh my god what is the specialist i don't know are there a specialist i guess pedicures? she meant like a podiatrist oh but she was just like someone's got creams for that yeah she was like oh no you have to go to a specialist i was like oh my god <laughs> i don't have to continue yes <laughs> I was so relieved. Do you start from the outside in or like the big toe? I start at the big toe. Oh, so at least the biggest one was done. But not on both feet. (laughs) (laughs) He got three nails clipped. It was so, and then like some of them were doing like the horn. Oh, are they like hook? Yeah, and they were going into his skin. Oh, that's sad. I wanted to help him. He still tried to pay me. We asked the the caretaker, was she getting a service? And she was like, no, I'm not getting any money. She left, took that man somewhere, came back and got her nails done. Oh. Right. Oh, now you got money. Hmm. She took that man's money, that pedicure money that I refused to take. And got her own. And got a full set. That's sad. 
horrible. Like I said, not like a ha 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 story, but still like a wow. But then like a ha ha ha. Yeah. It was a little funny. It was mostly sad. Yeah, it was pretty. Is I'm still traumatized from that ooze. So I, I take it you're not working there anymore. Oh no, they fired me years ago. <laughs> I mean, it didn't sound like they were a good fit. If no, they, were. they weren't. They were not. And you know, they still probably business is probably still booming for them. <laughs> and that's okay because I'm rich. um so what's it like being a nail tech like what's what's that experience of first you know how you feel like you you finally vibe with something that you could do Mm -hmm. but the circumstances around you kind of make it super hard so as i was working at that salon that we just talked about i was like oh this was a wrong decision like being a nail tech yes because i was not in the right space Mm. so for a year and it took me a while to find my fit like i wanted to do like the fake nails and do all of the designs and blah 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 and then now doing the fake nails was giving me contact dermatitis all the way up my arm oh from like adhesive or something the dust when you oh. take the drill and you start drilling those fake nails and all that dust was going up and I was just getting rashy. And the people I were working with weren't nice. They weren't nice to me. They weren't nice to their clients. And uh, I went through a couple jobs like that. And I started finding my fit. I want to say a, about four years ago. I was working in a a salon owned by some very, very beautiful Laotian women. What is it? Laotian. They were from Laos. Oh. Yeah. So I was still doing fake nails there. And I was like, but... The, the energy was different. Like the, the level of service was more like spa mm. and not like, I call them chop shops. And, yeah. <laughs> and not like a chop shop. Like we're not trying to move quick. We're not trying to move fast. We take appointments. We're going to make sure we're not going to rush your service. We're not going to cut you up and then blame you. Oh, you moved. Oh, your hands a little dry. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not doing like the little shortcuts to make service faster. We're not doing illegal stuff. There's so much so much illegal, dirty stuff goes on. Like what? Like the cheese grater thing on the feet. Oh. Yeah, that's you're not even supposed to have that in Georgia. If you ever go to one of those chop shop, they kind of like whip it out in the middle of nowhere, like, like wave it file. at you. Yes, they're like, do you want it? Like, where did they produce it from? Like, it's always from off out the cut. Out the side. Yeah, you, you want this? Because it's illegal. You're not even supposed to have them. Why is it illegal? Because they're cutting people. Just like, remember when I used to use the blades? No. That, just saying it sounds crazy. It was a credo blade. It was like a just a blade, a raw Straight blade. Edge. Yeah, and they would just be cutting the What dead. are they cutting? Skin. Your callus. Oh. 
creating more callus. <laughs> As you do? Yeah. That's like, oh, we're going to just cut it all off. Like, that's not going to hurt at all. There's no danger in that. But people started getting cut, like violently cut. You don't so, need that toe. Why would you want all 10 of your toes? There's so many more. Be original. Yeah. That, they wouldn't sanitize their implements and barbicide. They just hit them with a little soap and water and then put them back in a plastic bag and seal it. I've seen some, I've seen some ish, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I went to war. It felt like it. But... <laughs> But, like, this is the type of stuff I'm seeing in these those types of salons. I'm not saying every salon is like that. But I have been in some salons where they want to reuse the paraffin wax. Like, legit, take it off somebody's foot, <laughs> spooge it back into the bag, and then spooge the bag back into the paraffin wax container. <laughs> oh, spooge. is it that expensive? No. Then Why? You tell me. <laughs> they just doing stuff just to be doing stuff. I know you saw that lady on Instagram washing the foam flip-flops at the laundromat. Like the ones they give you when you get the The to-go pedicure sandals. Yes. Standard. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that stuff is gross. And the, the salon with the beautiful ladies from Laos, they weren't like that. I was like, oh, so it can be clean not ridiculous right and it can be regular and customer service can be great and the team morale can be high hmm. oh god that man that from the first job he used to just talk to me any kind of way it's like he knew i needed the job like he knew i was hungry for that experience so it was just like i was working six days a week like 11 hours a day hmm. like if somebody would quit He'd be like, you, you're working six days now. <laughs> and you're like, yes. Great. <laughs> Why would I want to rest? <laughs> yeah. Like, that was my life for like nine, ten months. And then I ended up correcting, correcting them or talking to me real crazy in front of people. And then I was pulled into the back at the end of that pay period. And was told that I'm getting a lot of customer service complaints. <laughs> so they needed to let me go. Oh, they just corrected you on correcting them. Right. <laughs> Although, well, nobody complaining. <laughs> it was just something. And honestly, and he provided me a letter. <clears throat> and I still have it to this day. I keep it in my jar. Because it was supposed to be this letter of how I was basically this disappointment working there. And there were so many grammatical errors in that letter <laughs> that I just, <laughs> I just love to just whip it out while I roll around in all of my tips that I've made in cash for the week. <laughs> <laughs> but naked. As you do. Yeah, because I'm rich. So... <laughs> That and then now I finally now I've I'm at the what's the word precipice? We'll go with that. Of my, yeah, I've figured out my formula. I no longer do artificial nails. No I do rashes. I, um, no rashes. I do natural nails only. I use high quality products, and it's basically because I am an artist. I just do art on ten tiny canvases. I like it. 
I love it. You can see that's my little mobile cart right there. Oh, the rack. Yeah. Nice. All you need is a chair. And I show up and I work it out. Fair enough. And I go to clients' homes. Yeah. I'm, well, that was random, Ninja. <laughs> that's why he's a ninja. <laughs> Y'all forgot he was laying there, didn't you? Okay, Scoot. Okay. You got him. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll ask something, and mm-hmm. it's only if you want to answer. Mm-hmm. What is the most difficult thing you've had to overcome? Being myself. Being myself after dealing with the death of my dad and my brother as they died back to back. And I lost three other people that were really important to me around about the same time. I lost a dear friend of mine. I lost my god brother. Somebody else was wedged in there, I'm sure. I try to... Ninja, you coming back? See, this is why you need to go to the room. So, in dealing with that, on top of what I had mentioned earlier about my dad not really living up to his own personal potential and how it affected him, and then losing my dad on top of that, and then losing my brother under the circumstances, how it was just a lot to have to process. And I don't feel like I processed their deaths the correct way. I kind of, it was kind of like, well, (laughs) what we talked about earlier. I just need to be strong for my family. I don't need to let them see me weak because I don't want it to affect them in any kind of way. And I really feel like I shouldn't feel as bad as my sister. Because my sister was in the house when my dad had a massive brain bleed. Brain bleed? Yes. Which we keep that. You heard my tone. Because I'm like, so a stroke? And they would be like, no, no, no. It was a brain bleed. That's the word they used? Yeah. I've never heard that term. Neither have I. Okay. Isn't that like a hemorrhage? Yeah. Why wouldn't they say brain hemorrhage? I don't don't know. know. Okay, so he had a brain bleed. Yeah, a massive brain bleed. You got to say massive. It's kind of fun to say. (laughs) A massive brain bleed. And so now you're making me wonder, did they say hemorrhage? But it was just such a time. (laughs) We'll go with brain bleed. That's kind of it. That's what I'm going to roll with. I've been saying that for like four years now. And my sister was in the house when it happened. And so she felt so much guilt behind it because it wasn't something that she recognized off the top. But he was already, my dad was, he was just like an old person all his life. I was just telling my mom this earlier today. All his life, he wanted to have time to relax, 
right? So he was always scheming. How could I like get out of work? Like how could I? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm gonna make up. Something's gonna be wrong with me. And it started when he was in the elevator at Delta, and the elevator dropped, and he did break his neck. Uh-huh. But after that, it was just like he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna ride this gravy train." <laughs> and it, he recovered. He had a 100% recovery, but in his mind, he was just like, "No, no, my neck. I need." Yeah, to my neck. Right. So I, I feel like he manifested that energy. Mm-hmm. Like my mom. My mom is about to be 69 years old. Y'all just met my mom. Mm-hmm. My dad was four years older than her, but he was such an old person he was he had already had several strokes like many strokes so he wasn't very mobile so for my sister sat in the house with him and he had had the massive brain bleed and she just felt so horrible for not recognizing it what would you recognize though i guess he had been in his bed all day but like that's that was nothing different Oh, like just because she just didn't happen to check in on him or something, so she felt bad. Yeah. Hmm. So, I didn't. I lived out in Douglasville, so when I got the phone call, I was like so hungover. I had been out at the strip club, just drinking the night before, like nothing was wrong. And she was like, "Dad won't wake up." come to the hospital and I just kept saying what 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 because it didn't make sense because my brother just died I was like why would they die back to back like that and then when I got there he was he stayed in the hospital for 12 days but he never woke up but he was kind of in a coma my he waved he waved at my mom, I don't know if it was just like a unconscious like kind of thing, like he was just waving, like he was dreaming something or what. Like they kept saying, talk to him, talk to him. He knows you're here. But I mean, that was never confirmed. I don't know. That's just a weird thing. But having to deal with all of that. On top of already trying to struggle with being a good person and being able to provide things for myself in a way that would be healthy for me and not feel the stress of conforming to all of these social norms and religion and just I was already dealing with all of those things and by the time my dad and my brother died and I was just over it, and I shut down. I shut down for about two years. So this happened in 2016. I wasn't able to write, get myself together because something was already missing for me before they died. Because mm-hmm. I was like, this is not how I want to do it. Like, when you feel like you're like so close to figuring out how to like get over. I always felt like I was like right here. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm not in corporate America no more. Like what is the thing that's gonna, like where is my happy point? Like where is that? Cause I'm tired of fucking sitting here. And then 
just COVID hit. And it was just like, going to sound so crazy, but it was a blessing for me to be able to take time off. Because me being in the beauty industry, I wasn't allowed to go to work for three months. Mm. And I was getting paid in full. Those unemployment checks <laughs> <laughs> were crazy. But they afforded me the time and the space and the opportunity to really sit down with myself and figure out what do I want, what's going to make me happy. Like, overall, legit happiness. Like, what are you seeking? I, w- I had the time to do it. And that's when I got my art space with my sister. That's when I was like, I need to get back into painting. That's when I was like, I need to get back into singing. I need to get back into writing. I had become so separated from all of the things that I love because I was busy trying to go to work, <laughs> pay your bills, make a lot of bills. Like, why Why do adults have so many bills? Like, why do I keep making so many? So many bills, but just it's hard. And I didn't want to be that person who grows up and then out of their imagination, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We get older and then like what was so pure and true is just everything just becomes so distorted. Like everything is just so much easier when you when you're a child. I wondered if it was like some Peter Pan ass, um, you know, what's that? Peter Pan syndrome? <laughs> but I'm, yeah, but I'm hella responsible, so that's not it. So I just, I just felt like it was just not necessary for me to be unhappy. It was just like not necessary for me to be able to live my true self. Yeah, I mean, it's tragic the amount of people that died, especially the ones that died for really no reason, just because of not handling a situation but mm-hmm. at the same time uh, I think just like what you said like COVID when does life ever give you a break that long never this it, is the really first doesn't. time so, and it might be the last for a lot of people for be. a lot of people it was the last so what an opportunity to figure out really just to take time with yourself and see how to make this one in a good place that's all I wanted to do I was like super thankful for that time. I don't know if I'll ever really get that much time paid in full. <laughs> I mean, who knows on this farm? That's very true. You're right about that. I don't need to get paid to be out there, though. Just let me go. You're paid in bees? I'm paid in bees now. I'm paid in, like, energetic wealth. Mm-hmm. I just made that up, and I feel like it sounds really nice. Go for it. Yeah, I'm going to put that on some t-shirts. There you go. Energetically wealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. So that was the getting over that and that transition. Yeah, that transition. Oh, therapy. Therapy? Yeah, you got to get in some of that. Yeah. <laughs> Ther- therapy. Therapy is working wonders for the kids. So it's wild how... I grew up always being a unique individual, yet and still, I would still struggle being a unique individual. Why is that? It always felt like really like I was being judged. And I mean, 
who isn't though? You know, I I think I just put so much hyper concern on me because I know I'm going against the grain. But everybody is judging everybody. Well, not everybody is judging everybody, but people are judging not just people like me. There are some people who are living a life, getting up, working a nine to five, Monday through Friday, 2.3 kids, a wife, a dog, a cat, and somebody's still judging them. So yeah. I just needed to take my take my energy away from trying to figure out why people think dot, 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 and just what do I want? It's important. Yeah. I used to tell this to some friends who were struggling with uh, this kind of thing, thinking about other people. I was like, do you listen to a five-year-old's opinions? Like, really? Like, take it seriously? Like, oh. They can be harsh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they also are probably talking nonsense. That's true. It's all going to lead back to dinosaurs. So you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, like, you go around, there's however many millions of people in Atlanta, for example. I'm not listening to everyone's opinion. So your thoughts are just the same as all those people. Like, they're just talking. I'm not yeah. going to listen to all those thoughts, and I'm not going to listen to all those other people. Also, the um, the creation of scenarios in one's mind, that was also something that would kind of hold me back. Nobody's done anything specific, but I'm thinking maybe... Maybe, just maybe, somebody is thinking something. Mm-hmm. Now I just made something up. Now I'm yeah. gonna and I'm gonna think about it all day. And you're reacting to that. Yes, to this thing that I just made up on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I've. I'm, I'm like ninety three percent. I'm working on that last seven percent. Hey, sevens again. There you go. <laughs> Boom. It's all working. Yeah. Um, tell me about the... Uh, you said you were doing pole dancing, right? Yes. Yeah. How'd yes. that happen? It was like a... I was taking a contemporary ballet class. And the they kept going in this other room with the shoes on and they drew the blinds. I was like, what's going on in there? And then like a, an email came out. And it was like, I was that person that took pole dancing when it first got hot. Everybody's doing it now. So when it first, first popped off, I was like, this is very cool. This is very up my alley. And I wanted to like explore that side of me, try and feel a little bit more girly rather feminine like work that out see what type of energy i was going to channel through that because it was not that type of dancing was not my vibe i'm i'm a pop locker Mm -hmm. so very much dance battles in the streets battling dudes mostly winning every time (laughs) that was my vibe when I look back on my life, I do kind of see why most people thought growing up I was just like a little lesbian. But either way, I was still winning all those dance battles. Mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to just try something sexy, I guess. It turned out cute. I've owned a dance studio for like three years out in Douglasville. What? What's that look for? <laughs> uh, Douglasville wasn't ready, but it don't even matter. It happened. It was a great experience. It was my baby. It was my first business. And um, after I moved back, I was like, I'm not going to keep driving from Riverdale to Douglasville. It just wasn't, it wouldn't have been worth it. Mm. The, the business wasn't moving in that way. Mm. And it, I don't think that was my end story. I had hit the lottery and I had some money. So that's what I ended up doing with the money. Starting a business? Yeah. I mean, that was the best way to invest it. So, but it wasn't just pole dancing. You said you had silks and stuff. Aerial silks. Mm-hmm. Pole dancing. We did it all. Twerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm. Uh, and what about your son? <laughs> what about him? <laughs> I mean, you haven't talked about him yet. My sweet prince. My baby boy, he is 22 years old. He is his mother. He's, he steals my swag, Heath. I was trying to come up with a more articulate way to say it, but I can't have nothing cool to myself. <laughs> he, <laughs> he wants to be just like me. We have the same hair color. We have the same piercings and I remember him specifically telling me, I would never want a tattoo. He is like trying to get there. He's like, I want my neck tattooed. And I was like, no. I know what you're thinking, because I have my face tattooed, right? <laughs> but I'm where I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable in my career. I have locked in a position of income where... I'm allowed. He work at UPS. Oh, they might not like that. Well, or maybe not like even that. that, but he's 22. He's not locked in nowhere. He don't know what he's going to be doing next year. Or the mm. year after that. He's still very young. He might go through all of these things and decide he wants to be a corporate lawyer. Right? Has he gotten any tattoos yet? Yes. Oh. Not nothing ab nothing above here and then nothing under here. Now I was gonna say, uh apparently in Japan when they go they have all those like really nice spas and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have any tattoos at all, they don't let you in because of the Yakuza. Yakuza? That's like the mafia in Japan. And they, they have like full everything that fits under a suit is fully, fully tattooed. So anyone okay, has Okay, like, now listen, I've heard about this in like movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, they're real. Dang. But because of that, they just made like a policy like no tattoos. Period. Yeah, because they don't want to mess with the Yakuza. Alright. So I wouldn't be allowed. Probably not. Alright. Maybe it probably depends which spa. I'm sure there's some that do. But Dang. But I was gonna say, if you hadn't gotten any yet, just run over to Japan first. <laughs> it's too late for the both of us. <laughs> My sister is a tattoo artist. It's just like... Well, there's always Jeju. 
I've never been. You should definitely go. It's like 24 bucks for 24 hours. I want to go Something this like Sunday, that. actually. I have been talking to one of my clients about it. so It's super nice. I took a shot there when we got, when really? she first got here. Yeah. Oh, you get to be naked, right, at some point? Uh, well, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the locker room, yeah. Yeah. Because there's like a men's side and women's side mm-hmm. for um, hot tub, cold tub, medium tub. There's like a sauna, spa, that kind of stuff. And then when you go into the like main area, then you're they have like a little short and shirts, real loose, comfortable clothes. But it's cool because they bust out little pillows and uh, things for you to kind of sleep. People just go there and sleep overnight because it's I open twenty four hours. People stay there overnight. Some people come into town in like a pit stop. It's the most luxurious like a hotel you're gonna get for cheap. And then yeah. I heard there's like restaurants in there. There's a pool. Yeah, well, there's a restaurant. Oh. A restaurant. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> I'm not going to judge. You're right. There's a gym. There's a, like, fully. I mean, it's not like Gold's Gym, but it's. It's, a, it's Jimmy enough. It's about as much of a gym as you expect in a hotel. Okay. You All got right. A few stuff. dumbbells. Yeah. Okay. I can get jiggy with that. <laughs> they even have a cold sauna. It's like a freezer. It's like a walk-in freezer is what it feels like. They say that's best for muscle recovery. I actually, I'm going to go this Sunday. Tell me how it is. I will. Um, so, when you look at the world around you, like your community, mm-hmm. the, the people around where you live, what do you, what would you like to see change? The trash, the pollution, the dirtiness, the disrespect of Mother Nature, the disrespect of, like, where you live, where you reside. Coming in, even at the stop sign, the people at the stop sign, they have to just come out every day with a trash bag Mm. and just pick up. I think people stop at the stop sign and just, this parking lot at the grocery store, the Kroger, trash. Masks, gloves, to-go boxes, bottles, beer bottles. I needed to stop. It's just you got to care for where you where you reside. You have to take care of where you live. We live here. Let it represent us. Mm-hmm. Vice versa. It's just. <sighs> It bothers me. As you can probably tell, (laughs) yeah, that would be the number one thing. I just need people to value where they live. It's Clayton County. It's Riverdale. People say, oh, I live in Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale. I'm like, But I just saw a big uh, street art in this little wall of a bridge or something. Yeah, you did. I just got there. Because they're trying to tell them. They're not listening. It's some, probably some trash right in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's right behind the Kroger. Go in the Kroger and parking lot, it's going to be full of trash. Mm. Y'all leave the LA Fitness, trash. It's trash everywhere. It's crazy. Then I'd like to say that, so the MARTA, there's like a, a couple of MARTA bus stops. There's no shelter. I'm seeing people sitting in the rain. Some of them don't have seats. 
So they're standing in the rain. And then why not have a trash can? It's just the sign that says the bus, the bus comes here. Mm-hmm. They're just standing in sidewalks because people walk. Georgia don't have sidewalks, though. No. After it got burned down, they built it for cars. That's, like. They were like, nah, nobody's going to ever walk again. <laughs> Horses. Yeah. Burp, burp, burp. Streets, is all, that's all we need, streets. But yeah, there's just like these newer ne- neighborhoods that are doing sidewalks. But there's no sidewalks here. And you always see somebody walking all the time. Mm-hmm. And they throwing their trash on the street. <laughs> That's I'd, I'd like to see the neighborhood cleaned up. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, when you think about the next generation, like your, your son... Uh, is there anything that you're hopeful for or concerned about? Yes and yes. They are way more outspoken. So that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I think politically it's going to be a great thing. This this generation coming up, my son's generation, they seem to be way more uh, open. They seem to care about the environment. They seem to care about social justice. They seem to be a little bit more um, unified. They seem to really care about the LGBT plus Q plus I R is so There's many. too many letters now. Yeah, they're adding a lot. They're adding a lot. And I'm like in there somewhere. So that's really like, I'm going to work on it. I'm somewhere in the plus zone. Um, they seem to care about these things. They don't push things aside. They don't sweep things under the rug. They're like, let's talk about it. In turn, they always want to talk about it. And it's like, okay, now sometimes y'all need to sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they can be a little um, into self. Hmm. A little heavy on the selfishness. A little... Not seeing things through several perspectives. Very, this is where I'm at, and this is what it is. And But considering the age of that generation, is that really different than any other generation? That's a good question. I think that they, they just think that they're right. Maybe that's But is that different is. than any generation? <laughs> Not those baby boomers. But... Uh, <laughs> I know it's been hella times. I'll be like, I am wrong as hell, but I am not going to admit nothing. <laughs> so I don't know. I consider myself a zennial. I'm like a hybrid. A mm-hmm. I'm not an Xer, but I'm not a millennial either. Hmm. I'm the baby of the family. Oh, zennial like xylophone Z. X. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm a zennial because I'm the baby. And it's, like six years, like five and a half years between me and my sister. So she was a heavy influence for me. Hmm. I'm going to add her to the list too with Eartha Kitt and Grace Jones and my Aunt Lola, my sister Kiera. Okay, tell me about her. She's amazing. She is one tough chick. We People think we are complete opposite, but we are not. 
she is introverted and I I used to be an extrovert and then I kind of went to my shell. I'm coming back out. I'm coming back out as an ambivert. Ooh. Yeah, you know what that is. Choose your own. Yeah, just whatever. Whatever the situation is, I'll move. I'll shake and I'll move and I'll figure it out. Uh-huh. But um people think that I'm funny and I'm not funny. I just repeat things that my sister says at the house. <laughs> <laughs> but they never hear her say it because she don't talk in front of people <laughs> I'm not funny I'm not smart I'm showing up to these things and they want to talk about like some pipe running through Alaska I'm just going to repeat something my sister said about it because every morning she gets up and she watches all of the news and she watches the Young Turks and she gets on YouTube and she watches every platform that she can tolerate she she listens to a lot of different news now she's not just doing this bias thing she's not in the echo chamber no nah. so she's listening to a lot of views and she um she journals it she has um a website where she posts all of these infographics she's a super art nerd and i legit just repeat anything she says because i know she's right she does not say anything that is not a fact how many well she's a leo so that would make sense but you can't say that about a lot of people Hmm. she's just and she would always tell me hush your mouth stop talking so much you'll know you'll know when the time is right she's taught me a lot of lessons like that (laughs) (laughs) you'll know when the time is right and be like but and she's like no 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 you wait. Your time will always come up. When it comes up organically, it's going to flow a lot better. Mm. She'd wait two, three years before she tells somebody something about how she felt. Because she's not going to bring up nothing. She's going to let it come up. Oh, just wait for the right moment. She always waits for the right moment. Timing is everything. And this is the lesson she has been trying to teach me a majority of my life. But I was a hothead growing up. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we're going to talk about it now. Which gets me nowhere, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. She's taught me a lot of good life lessons in that way. Hmm. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, okay, so you were talking about different aspects of, uh, like, your son's generation. Mm-hmm. So... What are the things that you're concerned about? I think with my son specifically, and I've noticed this with his brother, his dad, man. My son is the oldest, and so he has two little brothers. His brother just got accepted into mad colleges. It, like Georgia Tech, like um, University of Alabama, like a whole bunch of different colleges. He's just a really smart kid. But what I'm, I'm thinking that they are, um, they're an indecisive bunch because there's so many options for them. Mm-hmm. Now that they can't decide, it's just that everything is just taking a long time. He's still getting his associate's degree. I don't even know what year this is. Because he can't figure out what he want to do. 
I don't know if it's like the pressure. Like the pressure is different because what do you see now? You see a lot of people my age who went to college and they are not doing what they got. Exactly. So I don't know if they just see that and they're like, oh, hell no, that's not going to be us. Like, I don't know. Or is it just legit way more options for these kids now? Well, yeah, it's a tough call because like it could be both. And it could also be that uh, when you look at it, it's really hard to like things are changing so quickly Yeah. that how are you supposed to figure out what you both want to do and will even be an option in 10 years? That's true. So and it might not be indecisiveness. In well, it's it's a form of being indecisive, but I think it's for good reason. Mm-hmm. Not for any unknown reason, because they're seeing so much change. Mm-hmm. What's going to be important three years from now? Yeah. Who knows? Because right now we're living in a pandemic that we never thought. I mean, from my perspective, the only thing that's of maximum value is knowing how to keep the yourself solid so that no matter what happens, you can handle it. Yeah. That's the only real skill that uh, is going to be relevant no matter what's going on. Like, we may lose electricity. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying it's possible. So then how many things won't work? All those jobs on computers, no good. I'm just saying that could happen. Not that I'm saying it will. It might. And so then there'd be all this importance on, like, farming and things which are, like, physical. Or maybe it'll go the other way. We'll, like completely outsourced growing it'll be in these like hydroponic something something buildings and (laughs) you know what i mean like there's so many possibilities and maybe we just didn't see that and in my era that sounds i feel like an old person saying that but in my era in my back in my day in my era we walked uphill on the snow both ways five miles to school in the snow but um (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like that. I guess, you know, we're products of baby boomers. So they were just like, you're going to college. You're going to get a job. And then my era was like, we're not going to pressure. I don't want to pressure my son to go to school because everybody's going to be wasting their time and their money. Right? If you don't know what you want to do, maybe. Yeah, just sit at the house and like, well, not sit at the house, but like get you a job. I didn't know this little boy was going to keep the same job for four years. <laughs> but he's he's working it out. Mm. So I just feel like he just doesn't know what to do. Like, he doesn't have a solid plan. And then there's kids his age who have a straight up and down solid plan. And I'm like, well, why couldn't you be one of them kids? <laughs> but it's just like, there's just probably just like a lot of options. And like, some of the expectations are a little skewed. Like, I'll just be an influencer. I'll just get on social media and just, like, do some stuff. I'm just going to start a YouTube channel and just, you know, make money that way. And I'm like, well, there's still, a, a, like, a level of work that goes into that. You just don't, I'm at Starbucks and take a picture and then it goes viral and that's how it works. It, it doesn't work that way. I just think a lot of these kids these days, they forget about the actual work part 
that goes into all the other stuff. Mm. Yeah. There's this um, phrasing they use in the ashram, like they'll talk about paying attention to the roots, not the fruit. Because if you're only focused on the fruit, then you don't care about the rest of the plant. And so you're never going to get fruit. That part. Like, I wish I knew how to repeat that back to him. Devote, devote yourself to the process, not to the result. To, mm-hmm. But I, I want to I talk about the roots and the fruits. Yeah, well, I mean, like, just think, of, think about a basic plant. Mm-hmm. Focus you, on the... If you want fruit, you need to focus on sunlight, the fertilizer, water, like the basics, and then the plant will grow on its own. So in a similar way, like, whatever you're trying to do, if you find joy in the process of doing that, then inevitably it'll become successful because you're joyfully throwing yourself into it versus viewing it as like, oh, I have to trudge through this so I can get that thing. Yeah, ah, damn job. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to retire. That's like, if you're only focused on how to retire, then you're going to trudge through and be miserable the whole way and you might not even make it. But if you sit there and find something that you give a lot of value in, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter what you do in this life. Life's really short anyway. It really is. But find a way to be joyful with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the the Isha Foundation is a huge, huge organization. It's almost entirely volunteer run because volunteering is uh, an excellent way to learn how to throw yourself into something without being concerned what you're going to get out of it. I can dig that. Just the process. The process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about time that we had another one of those talks anyway. I try to talk to him at least once a month about his plan. So I'm going to add that in. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the thing that will really make him get focused on whatever his plan is. I'm not judging. I went to college. I got a degree in journalism. and Did you? You didn't even say that. Yeah, I went to college. <laughs> and I got a degree in journalism. And the only thing I'm doing with that degree is hanging it on my wall. I don't know. I don't even think it's hanging on the wall anymore. It's... I would imagine, though, journalism would have taught you a lot. In terms of like how to properly look at something. Well, in my mind, I was doing that anyway. So that's why it was a good degree to get into. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is me all day. Easy peasy. Just, it was a focus on public relations. So it was definitely up my alley. I felt like I was really good with people. Mm. And then... Here I am, <laughs> not doing work, public relations, yeah. Working with people, though? I do work with people, and I relate to them very well. I didn't need to waste four years of college to do that. I mean, did you have fun? No, it. I did not. But I was I was doing that, God, must go to college, must graduate. Mm. I was just going through my social norms standards Mm. (laughs) I was like once I do this I can buy a house 
Cause I didn't like owning a house either. <laughs> I was like, I had to keep cutting this grass. Then that owning a house made me want a husband, and that was certainly something I didn't want. <laughs> Somebody need to come kill these spiders, okay? That's it. That's it. You could go back outside. <laughs> you could go to your friend house. I don't care where you go. Just like cut the grass, give it to the spiders, and go do you. That's all I need. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so where do you, when you look at just the world around you, mm -hmm. what do you see happening in five years? Oh, man. I just, what I, what I, really think would happen is not positive at all okay but what is it i just feel like the pollution it's nobody's trying to make any real change and i felt like especially with COVID happening that was a big hey you guys it's going crazy and still after millions and millions and millions of people have died there's still people out there who are like i'm not getting vaccinated and i'm not worried about any of this pollution and uh global warming that's a hoax and i'm just gonna just keep on just trying to make money so that I can just do whatever I want to do on my end. Nobody's really paying attention to what's really happening around them. Like, people are getting sick. People are dying. Things are getting weird. We The, the weather is getting crazy. And so many things are happening. And it just seems like no matter who says what, there's just no move there's no push to do anything really different. Mm -hmm. So I just don't see how it could really get any better. I just feel like we're so far in the hole. Like, Earth is the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like it here. People are, like, we are at this height of this open racism this domestic terrorism, like people just showing up places shooting, it's getting crazy out here. And are we at the end of it? I wouldn't be surprised. So five years from now, I just don't know. I, just, I can't even see it. How old will I be? 46. I'm going to be in Kennedy, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's what I know. And people are still going to be racist. And people are still going to be hating people because of their sexual preference. And people are still going to be ignorant. And it's just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. Okay. The end. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though. It just doesn't seem like... Nobody is it's just getting crazy. It's just getting crazy. Like these mass shootings are getting 
further and further out of hand. And there's been no change in trying to make it stop. Mm. There's a lot of talk about it. Like we're talking, we're talking about global warming and we're talking about gun, sh- gun control, but we're not going to really do nothing about it. Why would we do that? Because talking about it just satiates everyone. Hmm. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I feel like people are trying to do things about it. But how far are they going to get? Because the people that are trying to do things about it are not really people in positions of power. I mean, there's some people in power, but they don't have, like, for example, mm-hmm. how many people around you know who their mayor is? My sister does. Your sister? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Okay. Actually, I do too, but her name slips my mind. After 7.30, I'm really no good with the memory. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, your representatives and your uh, local people like mayor and there's there's local councilmen yes the most important people to vote for i know people that don't want to vote talking about they're not into politics and i was like politics are not into you that's why you need to vote it's crazy but it's more than like that like each generation has had some battle that's true some people had world war ii some people had other wars. Some people had more um, local things. Like, like civil rights stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, like, in the 70s, the Ohio River was on fire because there was so much crap being dumped in it. So that's where the EPA came from. Gotcha. So, like, people had to fight for these things. And it's every generation's going to have it. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people being motivated to do these kind of things. Um, but at the end of the day, we have a kind of a big opportunity, I feel like, because it was never really possible before to address most of the global issues like poverty and, uh, overpopulation and things like this. Well, I guess that wasn't really a problem (laughs) for previous generations. It's really becoming one now. Yeah, it's really out of hand. But we have the technology, we have the ability to communicate and organize and do so many things that didn't exist before. So it's possible now. The only question is willingness. Good luck with that aspect. I mean... The ball has been dropped so many times. Yeah, but that's because people like to say things like, oh, I'm willing to die for this cause. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to live for it? Are you like you say you're willing to give your life for something, but are you willing to actually spend your life working toward that? Because it's that's what it really takes. Most things don't take you going and getting shot to save somebody. They take you spending your life working towards something that's worthwhile. That's very true. So how many people are willing to stand up and not have turkey today? Like if you think about the people in the forties. <laughs> There was a lot of really shitty things that happened, but mm-hmm. when World War II came, they're willing to not have nylon. They're willing to eat meat less. They're willing to grow food in their own garden so that we could fight something that collectively people agreed upon. Like at that time, they were thinking Nazis are not so great, right? Mm-hmm. 
So other things, they still did shitty, but at least that one thing, the country for the most part came together and they're willing to sacrifice a little bit to do that. How many people today are really willing to sacrifice anything? Not a lot because there's so many, there's so much division within. Mm-hmm. There's so much division within. But, I mean, I really feel like if enough people decide not just to die for something, but to live, to for, live something, for something. Are you willing to live to make sure that uh, people like your son are able to have a possibility for the future and not just a constant struggle? To make sure they have food and clean water. Right. Like for me, every generation, we have two goals. Make sure that the planet is at least as good as it was given to you, which we've already failed at. I was about to say, that one's out the door. <laughs> What's the but next we can, one? we can at least do some steps. Mm-hmm. We can at least plant some mango trees so that by the time we're dead, there'll be some mangoes, you know, like that. And uh, the next generation should be at least one notch better off than we were. One notch better off. What would be the... They are way more unified. I can't say that. In terms of comforts and conveniences in the external world, for sure things are better than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. So for me, the best investment you can give is to make sure the next generation is able to manage this one better than we were. But that, that takes work. Because what that means is we have to actually establish that within ourselves and be an example. Yeah. People don't want to do that. They want to just tell someone else how they're messing up. Basically. Mm-hmm. I know a few people like that. Mm. The, but the that's criticisms. Where, that's where we are. And unfortunately, the solution is, I mean, it's really that simple. If we build more sensible people, then all these things will get sorted out. If we raise a, a culture like that, that a culture which nourishes sensibility well you're well on your way <laughs> is that what most of this is about oh the podcast yeah uh i don't know i mean the podcast is in many ways, I'm doing this so that, see, like I was telling you, when I was a kid, I stayed up and watched Discovery Channel, History Channel, because for me, learning about how planes work and what happened in history and stuff like that mm -hmm. was interesting to me. When I heard, you know how a lot of people think, oh, that's just some old person, they're just telling some story. But for me, I was like, oh, what can I learn from that so I don't make the same mistakes? Well, you were looking at it through some different eyes. But I think there's a lot of people that would also think that way and wouldn't have access to the kind of people who, just because I'm able to travel, because of all the benefits that have uh, taken place for me to have the kind of life I can have. Mm -hmm. So because that happened, I'm able to meet people like you that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Like, I, I just probably wouldn't have been in this part of Atlanta otherwise. Right. So now I get to know you and all the fascinating stuff that comes with that and the person that you are. So I'm able to be inspired by you to learn from you. And so is my wife, who 
came from a village in India. Like, the level of experience she had was so different. So when I went to her village and got to meet these people, I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know what I mean? They're just surrounded by rice paddies. I drove an old scooter that's from the 80s that her dad had. It's like Jatak. And it's like, I don't know if you drive stick shift at all. I do. It okay. makes me feel sexy. So you'll, you'll appreciate the scooter, mm-hmm. the clutch, the whole handle shifts for the three gears. Chuck, chuck, chuck. That's how you shift the gears. You pull in the clutch and shift the whole thing. Really? That's the gear shift. Well, that seems easy. And there's like a foot break in the scooter. I don't know. It was just fascinating. Like, I would have never had that experience if uh, certain privileges weren't given to me just from the way life happened. So because of that, this podcast allows me to introduce other people and myself to new people that they might never have gotten the opportunity to experience otherwise. I appreciate that. That's very nice. I mean, I get more out of it, I think, than anybody. And and that's what I know. Because you're meeting a lot of people from a lot of backgrounds, a lot of cultures. Mm -hmm. And it takes a special type of person to want to do that and to continue to do it. Oh, I will tell you, honestly, and this is just nerding out about technology. There's a little switcher over there. Mm -hmm. That thing with the red and white lights. Prior to that, the first few episodes I did of this thing, I had three camcorders set up and I had to go and like put it all together and edit it somehow. And if you're recording for two hours, then you have to go back and edit two hours of footage every time. It's, it's exhausting. I was not a good editor. So you don't listen to this straight through? You take bits and pieces? No, no, no. Oh. I, it's a whole thing straight through. Oh, you were editing your angles. Just, yeah, the camera angles. Gotcha. But this little thing lets me plug these iPhones into it and then Shrav can switch in real time like just like live broadcast oh okay and then it puts out one little USB cable into the computer and the computer thinks it's a webcam and just records it like that yeah you nerded out I did but that little thing that piece of technology which didn't exist a few years ago has allowed this whole thing to remove most of the editing and make it so easy to do you I can, can put focus on, more just on... Exactly, just being here with you. Gotcha. And then having Shrav here, of course, is super helpful because she can do the switching. <laughs> Executive producer. Yeah. hmm But yeah, like, just these simple things which didn't exist before have made a possibility. Even these little lights we're using, these plug-in USB, there were no USB LED lights. That wasn't a thing. But now because China ships them for on Amazon for super cheap. I, they, were, they were nothing. And here Jeff we are. Bezos. No, no, no. That's, well, I guess that is Amazon. Yeah. But what a lot of people do is, do you know, do you know what drop shipping is? No. It's where they go on Alibaba, which is like the Chinese Amazon. Where is that are. what that is? Yeah, basically. That stuff is real cheap on there. Go super ahead. Cheap. <laughs> so they go on there. And then what they do is they make a website or they, they repost that stuff on Amazon and just sell it like a middleman. And so they're making money reposting stuff from Alibaba, just marketed a little bit better with better English and stuff like right, that. Right, just the stuff that makes things sell. And we're like, oh, it's so cheap on Amazon, but actually we're overpaying. Because <laughs> it's like four cents on Alibaba. Wow, I mean. But then it also takes eight weeks. For it to get here. Depends what it is. Sometimes they have warehouses here in the U.S. Got you. All right. I'm going to check them out. 
Interesting stuff, though, right? Yeah, it always seems interesting. Half the stuff I see that I don't even know what it is. Mm. I almost like wish. I don't even know what most of this stuff is coming down my timeline. I have a shopping addiction, so everything kind of oh, just... Oh, I shouldn't tell you about Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to come out. Yeah. Your whole uh, mm-hmm. farm will be full of stuff. Yeah, but that's like a wholesale place, so you have to buy a lot of no, never. Perfect. Just what you need, bulk. I want 50 of the same shirt. <laughs> Maybe you can get multiple poles and then it can be like sideways Olympic. Uh, there you go. What, what's the double parallel pole bars? There you go. Uh, yeah. That'd be there's really parallel cool. bars and there's uneven bars. Has anyone done that in pole dancing? Use two poles and like jump between? I've seen it. Yes. I've seen it. Well, you know, in competition, there are eight feet apart. Eight feet? Six feet apart. Yeah, there's there's going to be one on static and one on spin. On so spin? That, yeah, it's spin pole. The pole itself spins? Yeah, the pole itself. That is something a lot of people don't know that are not familiar with it. So when you're seeing a lot of like... The spinny ones? Yeah, it's, the pole is spinning, not the person. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Does that explain a lot? Because how much pole dancing do you watch on TV? Not much. But no, but there's one someone did on YouTube that was like Harry Potter themed, and it was really cool. Of course, you would say Harry Potter themed. She's spinning with her little wizard outfit. It was really cool. All right, so I'm pretty sure she was. There was a static pole and a spin pole. If there were two poles, yes. There it is. Cool, cool. All right. Normally, I I kind of wrap these up with like the next five years for you mm-hmm. but i feel like that's just gonna be this farm right yeah straight so, up so you're just gonna be naked on a farm with other people yeah and bees and bees don't forget my bees obviously mm-hmm. that's it doing art and living my best life so in that case um do you have any kind of message you'd want to put out yes i do tell me Be true to yourself. Be true to your authentic self. Give your authentic self whatever tools that inner being needs so that you can elevate. And that is my only message. Learn how to elevate yourself in the most positive way. Let me add that in. In the most positive way possible fair enough that's it (laughs) um do you have like a website or anything if people want to get their nails done no because i'm booked oh (laughs) you're just good you can't afford her (laughs) (laughs) you can't though but seriously um no and a lot of people ask that, and I'm just, I don't need it. And it's just, yeah, I'm just so booked, and I'm very busy. All right, all right. Yeah. All you get is this video. <laughs> That's it. You can find me on Instagram, on my Instagram. Okay, what's Instagram? She underscore nailed, but I spelled it like my name. So it's N-E-L-L-E-D underscore it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've. It took me like 35 minutes to think of that. <laughs> <laughs> she nailed it. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, I'll put that in the description. Okay, cool. Can you send it to me.
Cool beans. Cool beans. I love this name. <laughs> okay. Uh, other than that, that's it for this episode. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, on that note, see you next time. Mm.